This is going to begin uh, a special a special week that we that we kind of dedicate to the Lord every week around here as we begin uh, this week to get into a week of prayer and fasting and just seeking God. I'm going to explain some more of that here in just a little bit, but we're going to get into the Word and uh, we are going to receive the offering. If you look at hey, how does how does this all happen? Well, it's because the people of God obey the voice of the Lord and give as the Bible instructs us to. Amen. And and so uh, and, and we don't we ne- we've 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 never charged. You know, we doesn't it drive you crazy when you like get a you see a headline and you go to click on it and it says to unlock this story, please subscribe to the Wall Street Journal or whatever. You know, because I I click on Wall Street Journal stories because I'm super like intelligent and stuff. But no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I don't know what you guys are clicking on, but you know, it, doesn't it suck when that's behind a paywall? You know what I'm saying? Can you imagine if 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 you went to redlifechurch.com and you, we gave you like the first four minutes of the message and then it was like, to continue listening, please. Deb-. Well, the reason we don't have to do that, the reason we don't do that is because, what's up, Zan? Good to see you, baby. Is uh, because, uh, uh, what was I saying? It's because of the generosity and the faithfulness of you, of uh, the people of God that uh, are obedient to God's word who said, uh, who said that a tenth belongs to God and uh, we are to bring the whole tithe and the offering into the storehouse. But we do that because, number one, we want to be obedient to God and we want to make a difference in the world. Amen, somebody? And the church is how we do that. Come on. I, listen, I believe with all my heart the church is the way that we make it. The, the difference. There's no greater difference that can be made. There's not, listen, I know, I know, I know, I know that we hear news stories and you see, the, you, we always see the worst of the worst. But throughout history for the last 2,000 years, there is not an organization alive that has made a greater positive impact on the world than God's sons and daughters, the church of Jesus. Come on, I'm not talking about a denomination or people that wear funny hats. or a, I'm talking about Christians who are doing and living out God's word have done more to help people and to bless people and to make a positive impact in the world than any other organization alive. That is just a fact. You can't do anything about it. And the reason that we're, and that is why, that is why we give our lives and give our, our offerings. That's why we do it because this is how we make a difference. Amen. And so, uh, and so you can do that. There are instructions if you want to give online. If you want to uh, give ch- check and cash, there are receptacles near the, near the back sanctuary doors. Uh, you can give online through PayPal, text to give. All those at the very bottom of the page at redlifechurch.com is how you can do that. We're going to pray over all that, ask God to bless it, and ask God to bless his word together. You guys ready to get into it today? Let's go. Uh, Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12. I'm just going to read that and then probably not go back to it at all, but it's just going to set this up. Ecclesiastes chapter 4, verse 12. <clears throat> gives us this this little truth. It says, a person standing alone can be attacked and defeated, but two can stand back to back and conquer. Three are even better, for a triple braided cord is not easily broken. I want to talk about the big three. Did everybody say the big three? Everybody say it again, the big three. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you. For your presence, for your, for your spirit, your anointing, God, moving in this place to meet our needs, to speak to our hearts, to touch us uh, in, in every area that we have a need. God, you are there, Jesus. There is nothing that you can't fix, nothing that you can't heal, nothing in our lives that you don't want to be a part of, no matter how broken or ugly, God, or, or anything else. And we thank you for that, Jesus, meeting with us here today, being in this place. And I pray that, God, you continue to do that as we look at your word today. Let's not just, let's not just hear some ideas. Let's not just hear some things to go home and, and think about. But I pray that we will have an encounter with you, the God of this word. 
Jesus, God, made the word, made flesh, dwelled among us this morning as we get into it. In Jesus' name, I pray. We, we do me this favor. At home, in the building, put your hand on your belly right here, right? Somebody put your hand, because that's where your spirit is, somewhere on the inside of you. That's where the word of God is deposited like a seed, and that's where it grows to transform us from the inside out. And that's what we believe God's word is going to do today. We pray this after me. Say, Jesus, speak to me today. Open up my eyes. Open up my ears. Let me see what you want me to see. Let me hear what you want me to hear so I can do what you want me to do and be everything you've called me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The big three. So uh, when I say the words the big three, some of you is probably more some sports fans. Some of you guys might remember that sometime like in the late, in the late to mid-2000s, if you're an NBA fan, that term, the big three, became very popular, right? If I say, when I say the big three, if you're a basketball fan, you might, you might be thinking instantly of, of who? LeBron, D. Wade, and Chris Bosh. Remember, they were kind of, they were like one of the original big three when that term started coming around. It was this idea that, that in the NBA, you, need, you really needed three big stars to learn how to play together and then you could really do something. And really, you see this, even LeBron, Bosh, Wade, they were a big three. They were kind of the name of the big three. But really, the big three before them in their era was actually the Boston Celtics. Some of you remember them, Paul Pierce uh, and two other guys that I can't remember. I'm going to have to go check my notes real quick. Uh, Paul, Paul Pierce, Garnett, and Ray Allen, okay? That was another big three that, that rivaled the Heat. How many know what I'm talking about, okay? And then, but if you even start to follow that third back, you'll see that really all throughout the NBA, there has been this idea of a big three all the way back to the great Chicago Bulls and the greatest basketball team that was ever assembled. I thought I had more 90s kids in here, man. I was going on. Uh, uh, okay, the big three for the Chicago Bulls, Jordan, Pippen, Rodman, okay? Even before that, you had the Celtics with Bird, Parrish, and McHale. You had the Pistons with Isaiah Thomas and Bill Lambeer and Joe Dumars. You even had all the way back over, let's go to the West Coast, you had the L.A. Lakers with Magic and Kareem and Worthy, okay? This idea of the big three, it actually even goes all the way back to like the early 60s and 70s when you had Wilt the Still, Jerry West and Elgin Baylor were one of the earliest big three that were done. You had this idea of a big three, and if you had the if you had the big three in place, you could build everything else around it, and amazing things would happen. And here's the thing: this uh, there this idea of the big three goes all the God. I think God invented the big three. It was it goes. You see, there's big threes all throughout Scripture. Like for instance, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Right? I mean, is there a bigger three than that? I don't think so. Okay, you've got you got in the New Testament. You got Paul writes about faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these is love. You have a big three right there. Even Jesus. Hey, we have a big three. We're the flesh, the soul, and the spirit. Jesus had a big three. He had Peter, James, and John. So this, this idea of the big three was certainly not invented by LeBron James and the Miami Heat and Pat Riley. It was, it, 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 this, this, there's, there's something about three. And in, early on in Jesus' life, he gives us what I believe is a spiritual big three that we need to have operating in our lives to create some spiritual momentum and get things moving in the right track in our lives. You guys ready? We're going to talk about that. I'm going to read three scriptures from Matthew chapter 6. Three scriptures from Matthew chapter 6. Jesus is in the middle of his most famous sermon, maybe the most famous sermon that's ever been presented, the Sermon on the Mount. This is, 
This is Jesus' big public address. He's speaking to thousands of people, amazingly, without a PA, without a microphone, without lights, without an audience, without social media, without invite. People showed up, and he began to preach to them, began to speak to them, and he begins to, and he begins to speak to them specifically about uh, what he's really talking about is how is, okay, because again, he is speaking to primarily Jewish people who are very formulaic and very religious in their, in their attempts to please God by following the letter of the law. And in, in following the letter of the law without the life-giving spirit of God, things begin to get very twisted and very turned around. That's where religion begins to be a bad thing in our lives, when religion is just a set of rules and regulations, and it's, it's man's attempt to try and please God. And Jesus comes on the scene and begins to address some of these areas where religion has turned the intent of the Father upside down. He's beginning to show us how, to, how he wants to flip that right. Amen? And he makes these big three statements. First one, Matthew chapter 6, verse 2. Okay? He says, when, everybody say when. He says, when you give to someone in need, don't do it as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. Then Matthew chapter 6, verse 5, a couple of verses later. He says, when you pray, everybody say when. He says, when you pray, don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I'll tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. And then go down to verse 16, Matthew chapter 6, verse 16. He says, and when you fast, everybody say when. When you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do, for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth, that is the only reward they will ever get. Jesus, in this, in this amazing sermon where he begins to, to point out hypocrisy and flip the tables and turn, turn things back right and begin to say this is how we want to put this thing back in order, makes these big three win statements where he says, when you give and when you pray and when you fast, this is the attitude, this is the posture, this is how I want you, this is how the Father wants you to do it, okay? This is the first thing I want to talk about. This is the big three. Giving, praying, and fasting, I believe, are a spiritual big three for keeping our relationship with God from becoming a dead, cold religion. Amen, somebody? Some people like to say, use some of the text Jesus even said, and Paul's writings, and they like to, they, we like to say that, well, you know, Jesus, Jesus came and he overturned the law. Jesus came and so the law is no longer relevant in our lives. And there are obviously places where the, how we practice the law of the Old Testament no longer applies to the New Testament Christian believer's life. But it's very important to understand that even Jesus himself said, I did not come to abolish the law. I came to fulfill the law and show you how it actually operates in your life. Amen, somebody? 
And so, and so some people might look at these things and go, well, well, giving and praying and fasting, oh, that's, that's just some religious stuff. That's just some tradition and, and none of that. Well, notice here that Jesus, Jesus does not say, if you give. Come on, somebody. <laughs> some people say, well, I'll give when the Lord tells me to or when I, when I feel it in my heart. Amazingly, you will almost never feel like giving if that's your posture. <laughs> Hello. Well, I'll pray when I really feel it. Guess what? You ain't ever going to feel it. And you'll never pray. And then, oh, when I really feel led of the Lord to fast, then I'll fast. No, it just, it just, Jesus didn't say if you feel like it or if you decide to or if the heavens open and heaven and earth shakes you and you do. No, he says, what's he say? He says, when you give, when you pray, and when you fast. That word when means that there is the intention that as Jesus is talking to us, he says when because the intention is this is obviously something that you are going to do. Amen? He says when because his intention was never to come and say, all of that old stuff, all of that old school stuff, you don't need to do none of that no more. There's this, it's just, it's just all about, it's just all about coming to church, and it's all about coming on Sunday morning, it's all about singing and lifting your hands, and it's all about all that. No, Jesus didn't say that. Jesus is not saying that we don't do these spiritual practices and disciplines anymore. Jesus is saying when you do them, this is the right attitude to have so that when you do it, it's not just a tradition. It's not just a formula. It's not just you trying to earn God's favor. It's not you trying to look good for anybody else. But this is the attitude of the heart, not if you do those things, but when. When you do those things. And, and, and I'm not going to take a whole lot of time to set this up, but if you read all of Matthew chapter 6 and you follow that thread all the way down to about verse 24, you'll see that, that, that when Jesus is at the end of these when statements, what he ends up saying is, is, is when you are doing these things in the right way, with the right spirit, with the right attitude, not only is it boosting, not only is it helping you grow in your relationship with God, but he says you are actually building up treasures not on earth where moth and rust can decay, but you are building up treasures in heaven where the worm cannot destroy, where the fire can't touch it. Amen? So Jesus never came on the scene to say, hey, that's old school stuff. Hey, but, but what he did come on the scene to say, hey, this thing that you're doing from a religious perspective, from just out of knowing just whatever, this is just what, he said, no, when you do it, let's do it with the right spirit. But it's a win, not an if. Amen? It's a win, not an if. And this, and this is what I want to say real quick. <clears throat> wins produce wins in my life. Ifs produce nothing. Amen? When I do the things that the Bible and that Jesus instructs me to do, when I do those things, that begins to position my life into the place of surrender and into the position where God wants it to be. 
And when my life begins to position, when my heart, when my mentality, when my spirit, when my soul, when my actions, when they begin to get to a place, and when I begin to do the things that God has asked me and called me to do and laid out for me in the Bible, guess what? Wins happen in my life. But if those wins only ever remain ifs, well, if, if my schedule works out, then maybe. If I really feel it, yeah, we'll see. I got super quiet in here, I don't know. As long as it's an if, the fruit that Jesus wants it to produce will remain nothing. Amen? But if those ifs move from ifs to wins, I'll begin to see some spiritual wins in my life. Amen, somebody? Hey, you want one thing to do? I, I, listen, I, you want one thing to do at, the, at this new year? Just begin to turn those ifs into wins. Begin to remove the word if from your life and begin to say win from your life and then schedule it and then do it and watch some things begin to break. Watch some victory. Watch some breakthrough. Watch some transformation. Watch some things that you've been believing for for a long time in your life start to work out. In, come on, somebody. Watch those things begin to happen at, by shifting the if to the win. <clears throat> wins produce wins. Ifs produce nothing. Now, a few weeks ago, we put up the first side of that big three at the end of the year when we give in our 316 offering. We did that. We hopefully continue to do that as the Lord leads us and as we are obedient to the word of God. We do that all the time. We get that one part. That's, a, that, that's one part of the big three is giving. Amen, somebody? Here in this next week, over these next seven days, we're going to build the other two parts of that big three and put in place the other two parts of that triangle through prayer and fasting. Amen? If uh, Jeff, is Jeff outside in the front checking out, keeping a watch? Jeff, you can hear me, man. If you can come, if, if you guys help me, there's something we're going to pass out here real quick. If he doesn't move in the next 10 seconds. Okay, there he is. Jason, go help Jeff real quick, please. Somebody, we're going to pass these out. So, so let's talk about fasting real quick. Okay, this next part, this next part of these next, this next, these next eight minutes or so, just stay with me, okay? I'm not going to shout a lot, but yeah, yeah, you need to get this information, amen? Because some of you guys are hearing that word fast, you're like, what is this crazy man talking about, dude? Are you out of your mind? <laughs> amen. Now, is there anything special? Is there any real reason? Is there any real reason to fast at the beginning of the year versus any other time of the year? Probably not. It's just a time that we seem to think about it. Amen? This, I know, I know, I don't, you think fasting and you think where you're not eating, so you should, listen. This, the taking a fast at the beginning of the year has been a part of my life probably for at least eight or nine years before we started Red Life Church. And, and I really feel like it was something the Lord wanted us to do as a church family. Amen? And I have seen... I can, I'm telling you what I've lived and what I've seen. I, we have, I have literally seen miracles and breakthroughs through fasting. And, and, and again, I don't know. It, the, the beginning part of the year is just, is just a time for us to do it. I don't, know, I don't know if there's anything special, except for I will say this. I do believe that how I start, that how I start something off often has, brings momentum to how the rest of the thing goes. Amen. And there's something, there's something to me 
I, I, I can't give you a scripture. I'm not saying it's God's word. But I'm just saying for me, there's just something about taking the first part of the year and dedicating some time to refocus, reset, push other stuff away that, that, that fill up my day and fill up my time and fill up my schedule and just really zero in on God's word and God's spirit and focus on him. That, that seems to, if nothing else, reset from the last year's crazy season. Amen, somebody? So what is a fast? Well, in the shortest, easiest definition possible, you're going to be getting two cards right now. If you need another prayer card, that's fine. We'll have more laid out here throughout the week. We'll talk about that in just a minute. On the front side of that, it's going to just say the big three, remind us of the schedule, and and there's a QR code you can scan to sign up for the uh, weekly Bible reading plan and get plugged into that over the week and uh, even beyond if you choose to, to stay connected to that. Uh, on the back side is going to be just a quick explainer about fasting and what some different types of fasts are. Because you might say, a week of prayer and fasting, preacher, I can't go a whole week without fasting. That's impossible. I've never, well, that's obviously, if you've never done that before, it's, it's hard to do. But there are other ways to fast, other types of fasts we're going to talk about. So what is a fast? A fast, bibli- and again, I'm talking about biblical fasting. You might have to, some of, many of us have gone on a 12, a, don't eat after midnight because we got a medical thing, they got to do a test. That's a type of fast. Fasting is basically any time that I go without food. Biblically, a fast would be any time I deny myself something that I normally have for the specific purpose of getting closer to God. Amen, somebody? Okay. So, so for the, most of us, a fast by its simplest definition means to go without food. Okay. You know why we call breakfast breakfast? Because it comes from a time where we, we ate dinner and then often we wouldn't eat until after the morning we woke up. And so in the morning we were breaking our fast and that term became break fast breakfast, okay? I love breakfast. It's my favorite. <clears throat> Fasting means to go without food, okay? Biblically you can go without food and, and throughout the Bible there are all types of different fasts, different lengths, different reasons, different ways people did it, okay? Some of the most famous fasts that you might see uh, in the Old Testament, Moses fasted for 40 days and 40 nights as he was receiving the Ten Commandments on Mount Sinai. He went 40 days with no food, no water, just the pre- or maybe some water, we don't know. It just says he went 40 days and he was with the presence of God. Jesus, likewise, in Luke chapter 4, he goes 40 days with no food, water only throughout the wilderness. That's intense, okay? I don't recommend that if you've never fasted before. Amen? And if you are, you, I would recommend that you've heard from God, okay? I've been fasting pretty regularly, at, le- at least once a year, uh, for the last 20, 15, 16, 17, 19, whatever years of my life. I've never done a 40-day fast, okay? I've done, a tw- I've done two, I think at least two, maybe three 21-day fasts of liquid only, okay? three of the most miserable weeks of my life, okay? I'll tell you that right now, okay? Okay, I, I'm getting, I'm kind of going to bounce around here. Listen, <clears throat> I'd like to tell you that when you fast, you're going to just feel angels singing the hallelujah chorus around you all day long and that you're just not going to be hungry and everything's going to be wonderful and you're not going to have any cravings. That's usually, that at least my, that's not how my experience has ever been, okay? In fact, in fact, I would even like to tell you that you're going to, you know, 
see the heavens open and have visions and dreams, and the word of God is just going to bounce off the page. You're going to see Jesus in ways that you may, man. I hope you do. But what I often find is that sometimes it's the fast, the fat, the actual days of fasting, whether it's three days, four days a week, 20, whatever it is, those days might actually be very dry, very rough, very difficult. I know I'm selling this very well right now. <laughs> Dang it. <laughs> but what happens after is you have a you you just I, I can't explain it except you just have a fresh sense of God. Jesus, when he goes in his 40-day fast, the Bible says in Luke chapter 3 that he goes for 40 days into the wilderness. And then in Luke chapter 4, when he comes out, and of course, that's when he's tempted by Satan. He has this encounter, three moments of temptation, not with a demon, not with somebody that cut him off in the road. We're talking about Lucifer himself showed up. The Bible says he was led into the wilderness by the Spirit. Luke chapter 4, the Bible says Jesus walked out in the power of the Spirit. That's what a fast is. That's what happens at the end. Amen? So we're going to do a seven-day fast. Begin, you, you can start it however you want to. I, I, I'm just saying how I'm going to, like, you may start, you may feel the Lord, you may start right now today. You may decide, uh, I'm going to start on Monday, and then I will end it, for me personally, on Sunday after church next week. That's, what, that's how I'm going to do it. Now, do you have to go without? No, there are all kind. The the 21-day fast that we see a lot of times, especially around this time of year, comes from the Old Testament in Daniel's life. The Bible says Daniel, in around Daniel chapter 10, gets a vision from the Lord and begins to pray and can't figure it out. And so the Bible says he goes on a 21-day fast to ask the Lord to give him the meaning of this vision that he saw. But Daniel's fast was not a complete fast. So there's a total fast where you just go water only. That's Jesus. That's, uh, that's Moses. That's the 40 days. That's how they long they went. You could do that for any amount of time you want to. A day, three days, whatever, whatever God leads you to do. Amen? Or, or the whole seven days, whatever you want to do. Then there's a Daniel fast where Daniel, he fasted for 21 days. That made, that's not necessarily a magical number or anything, but Daniel's fast, when he said, I fasted for 21 days, the Bible says that Daniel said he didn't go completely without food, but he only ate fruits and vegetables and drank water. So no sugar, no sweets, no meat, uh, and uh, no alcohol, and he just, he, that was the way he, he pushed all that other stuff aside, and so he still was eating, but he wasn't eating his normal stuff, amen? That's a fast as well. The Bible says it is. <laughs> Amen? A fast is anything you want to push back and say, you know what? If you guys are from the Catholic tradition, you might know this as Lent. Some of you, a lot of you have grown up maybe doing this for Lent. That's, Lent is just another word for a fast. You give something up, you push something back for the purpose of getting closer to Jesus. Amen, somebody? Listen, I want to stress this. Whether you do a full fast, whether you go a day, and if you want to participate, and I want to encourage, my encouragement for us is if you call Red Life Church home, whether in this building or online, I want to, I want to implore you to participate in some way over these next seven days. Whether it's for a day, whether it's a meal, okay, 
You can do a partial fast like Daniel. I'm not going to eat these certain foods, but I'm going to eat three meals a day or whatever your normal schedule is. You can even do like a sunup to sundown fast, okay? It's like 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. or whatever your, whatever is going to work for you and have that as a, as a partial fast. Again, but I want to stress here, this is not a diet. I know, I know that, uh, what's the word, uh, intermittent fasting, right? That's a big diet thing, okay? That's great. There's health, I, know, I, I know all the health, I've seen all that. I get it, okay? But that's not what this is, okay? Will you maybe lose some weight on a fast? Of course you will. You're reducing calories. That's just physically what happens. Is that a health benefit? Absolutely. But, but don't go into it. What I'm trying to say is this. Don't, over these next few days, go, well, you know, I was thinking about going on a diet anyway, so yeah, sure, I'll do that. No, no, no. You're missing it. You're going to miss it. You're going to miss it. Also, don't go, well, I don't ever eat breakfast anyway, so I'll just fast breakfast. That's not, no, you're going to miss it. Okay. A biblical fast, and what we are doing is we want to push some stuff away to make room for Jesus in our lives for a specific period of time, for a given committed thing. The primary goal, listen now, the primary goal of any fast should be to get me closer to Jesus. Whether it's a full fast, Daniel fast, partial fast, sun up to sundown fast, one day, three day, the whole seven days, whatever God puts on. This is where it's like, dude, whatever God puts on your heart to do, do. But please, when, not if, do something. And if you've never fasted, do something small. Do a day. Do a, do a, doesn't, do a, it doesn't have to, it, Daniel did no meats, no sweets, only fruits and vegetables. You can do one of those things. Push back one, whatever. Amen, somebody? Okay. Say, well, I don't know, I don't know, man, I'm not used to that. How about I just fast social media or I fast YouTube or I fast Netflix or I fast some other things. That's, that's a way to fast too, Okay. Just from me to you, God, do whatever God tells you to do. I would encourage you to take the step of doing something with, do that other stuff too, for sure. Do something with food. The reason for that is, listen, okay, we're flesh, soul, and spirit. That's how God created us. We were made in the image of our Father, amen? He's three-part being the Trinity, trying being all three equal, one, one, and equal, all that, Okay. Father, Son, and Spirit. He made us in his image, and he made us also as three-part beings, flesh, soul, and spirit. When he created Adam and Eve, when he created mankind, the intent of the Father and how he created us originally was the spirit would be in charge, the soul was the mediator, and the flesh just simply housed the spirit. It was a praise. The flesh, this body, okay, our skin, our, our, the things we t- taste, touch, feel, smell, those urges that we have that are completely natural and created by God that we need to survive, hunger, Okay? That's part of our flesh. However, our flesh was initially designed to simply be a vehicle for our spirit to live for the glory of God. And the moment sin entered the picture, sin flipped the order around. Sin put the flesh in charge and made the spirit subservient. And what fasting does is says, you know what? I am not just a sack of meat given over to my own primal sinful urges. No, I am a new man. The same spirit that raised Jesus now dwells in me, Romans chapter 8. Amen, somebody. And what fasting does, it says, you know what? I'm going to, for a little bit of time, do my best to flip that order back over, deny my flesh, my base 
instinct to eat, I'm going to push that to the waste. I'm going to push that down. I'm going to deny that to give room for the Spirit. Amen? That's what I'm saying. If you can, I want to challenge you, make, do something food. Do the other stuff too. Okay? Amen? And see what happens. But the primary goal of any fast is to get closer to Jesus. Limit entertainment, fast that as well. Maybe get rid of some habits. Maybe take a break from some habits. I'm not talking, but good or bad. Amen? Okay? There are bad habits that we know we probably need to limit and maybe even get completely out of our lives. There may be some good habits, just some things that you do in your routine. There's nothing wrong with them, and maybe they're even positive, but it may, there's nothing, there's something, it may be time to say, hey, I'm going to take a break from some of that for a week and focus more on Jesus. Amen? However you do it, that's between you and God. And let me just say this. Please. Don't, none of us in here are, are fasting police. Amen? I've done, I've, done, I've done, I think three, but I know I can remember right now two 21-day fasts where I did liquid only because I know God told me to do it. Now, when I say liquid only, I, I was still, I was doing protein shakes and smoothies. I mean, anything I could liquefy, I was doing it to get through. <laughs> I remember one time I was I was like I was like I was like probably on day 16, 17, and uh, I was I was making a smoothie, and uh, some uh, some devil uh, some devil lady uh, was like was like was like I wish I could have a smoothie when I fasted, and uh, when she woke up after I punched her in the face, uh, no when. <laughs> But I was like, you're not even fasting anything. You're going to sit here and tell me how to do it. What are you talking about? We're not, we're not here to do that. Amen? That's not what it's about. Oh, also, hey, if you go, if you swing for the fences and you go, hey, so maybe you're, like, feeling real charged up because, again, I've sold this so amazingly to you, told you how wonderful it is. If uh, <laughs> I got a text from my wife. I'm not even going to look at it. I'm not even looking at it. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> If you swing for the fences and 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 you after a day or two or an hour or two you're like oh my god I can't do it and you mess up it's fine adjust or if you break it you can go if you maybe you maybe 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 God says maybe you really feel man I want to go seven I want to go seven days on liquid only or whatever God tells you and and maybe on on day on Wednesday uh, you know you're climbing the walls, you feel spiders crawling all over you, and you, like, grab a cheeseburger or something, don't, don't listen. There's no condemnation here, and don't let the enemy tell you that you've ruined your life and that the whole year is a wash now. That's garbage. And don't, also, if you met, if you just get back on, either get back on or adjust and just say, all right, we're going to get back into, just figure it out. Amen? When you give, when you pray, when you fast, Oh, okay, I will, okay. It wasn't my, the man wanted me to tell you that it wasn't her that said that to me when I was fasting. And it wasn't her. It wasn't her. I didn't even think about, I wish I would have said that it was you now, honestly. Uh, that's, that story just got changed in the future if I ever tell that again. So that's your own fault, babe. I'm sorry. 
<laughs> All right, so you got this card. Uh, that Do this QR code, please. Get the, and get, get, you're going to get a text every Monday at 7 a.m. starting tomorrow with some scriptures that you can read daily, okay? Um, and this week is specific around the fast. So we got some ways that explain this on the back. There's a couple of scriptures to give to us there just to keep our focus there. Then you should also have this card right here. This is, your, this is a prayer card, okay? You can take a couple of these. I, I, I usually, and here's what we're going to do. You can do it today or we can bring it back later. But often in scripture when you see someone who goes on an extended period of fasting and prayer, they, that's usually for a targeted and specific reason, meaning they're fasting to pray and to build their faith and to ask God about something specific in their life. Often in the Old Testament, you would see the armies would fast before they went into a battle. David fasted when his son was sick that he had with Bathsheba. Um, you see this all throughout the Old Testament. Jesus is fasting for 40 days, and, and, and it was not until after that fast that he began what was called his public ministry. Nobody really knew who he was, but it was after that fast that he goes into the temple and uh, declares the spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me. And this scripture is now fulfilled. It, that was the, it was after that. that so Jesus was fasting to prepare himself for specific things. You've got needs. You've got miracles. You've got things you're believing God for. You've got things you're believing God to do in your life this year. Whatever it is, man, hey, here's what I want to challenge you to do. Again, we're fasting to get closer to Jesus, but part of getting closer to Jesus is believing him to move in our lives. Part of getting closer to God is learning to trust him with the needs of our lives because he said, bring all of your needs to me. Bring, every, bring all of your cares to me because I care for you. Jesus said, your father knows the very hair, the numbers of hair you have on your head. That's how much he cares for you. My challenge is, Will I trust him enough to bring those things to him? The big, the good, the bad, the ugly, the little, the middle, whatever. Amen? And I want to challenge you here, man. Listen, believe God for something this year. Believe God to do something supernatural and miraculous in your life this year. Whether it's a spiritual work, whether it's a financial work, whether it's a physical healing, believe God for something. And if you can't think of anything right now, that's what you're fasting about. <laughs> God, give me something to believe for. Give me a vision from heaven for something you want to do in my life. Speak to me a word from God of something for me to gravitate to and, and go after in faith as I go after you. Amen? So here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. You're going to write that down. Write that down, and then we're going to put these cards up here on this altar, up here on this, on this platform. And then beginning Wednesday night of this week, and Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday at 7 p.m., we are going to meet in the sanctuary. We're going to pray, and we're going to see God. We're going to worship. I got some things from the Word I'm going to share. And we're going to let God do whatever he wants to do for a couple of hours. I don't know. We'll see. Amen? There's really no big agenda except we're going to pray. We're going to see God. We're going to pray for the needs, and we're going to let God move. And I don't know what's going to happen, but I know God's going to be here and meet us. Listen, I know. I know we all got busy schedules. I get it. I know there. You can't. Some of you can't be here. This is my only encouragement. Again, participate. If you can be here all three nights, be here all three nights. Well, I, got, I, know, I know. I know we got stuff. There's 300, and uh, this is January 7th. Uh, 
one of the most amazing things I've ever seen. So there's like 358 days left in the year. Okay? There's 358 days left in the year. I don't even know how many hours that is. But I'm I'm talking about can we take can we can we take six hours? Can can we find can we find six hours here at the beginning? Can we find four hours here at the can you find two hours here? Can you find one night? Amen. Say, hey, we're going to spend some time. Well, I already got this stuff scheduled. Okay. And I, listen, again, I know. There's some things you have scheduled you can't do anything about. I understand. Okay? This is not condemnation. But I'm also not going to let us all get off with an excuse and act like you can't change some stuff, that there aren't some things you can change. Well, I've got to get the kids up to school. Hey, junior is going to be fine. Come on. One couple, couple late nights ain't going to kill anybody. I know, I'm just busting down all the, all the excuses you're trying to build up right now. I'm sorry. This is no concept. Again, I, here, my, this is some things you got you can't do anything about. What I do want to challenge is those things that you know you can't do something about, what, what, why, don't we, why don't we put some things first? Amen? All right. It got real quiet in here. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, 7 p.m., we're going to be in here. We're going to be praying over these cards, and then we're going to come back together on Sunday morning. We're going to celebrate. I got got something I'm going to share, and we're just going to see what God does. We're going to see what happens when we take Jesus at his word and when we do the stuff that the word of God asks us to do and instructs us to do. We're, gonna, we're just going to see what happens when. Amen, somebody? We're taking this thing from if to when. Let me share real quickly. I'm going to be done. I'm going to be done. i got three minutes left. <clears throat> Let me share quickly what I want to target <clears throat> corporately for, the, for us as a church family, what I really feel like God put on my heart as, as an area that we're targeting and praying for through, the, through this fast. And I'm going to share some of this, some more of this next week. But Haggai chapter 2, verse 9, I don't have time to share all the history and what, what all is going on here. But just know that the people of Israel have returned back from captivity. And they are in the process of rebuilding the temple that was destroyed. Okay, this is, this is decades after David and Solomon. They are rebuilding this temple in Jerusalem. And, and the Lord speaks through the prophet Haggai. And he says this, he says, the future glory of this temple will be greater than its past glory, says the Lord of heaven's armies. And in this place, I will bring peace. I, the Lord of heaven's armies, have spoken. The future glory of this temple will be greater than its former glory. The big three, a triangle. Triangles are often used in engineering as shapes to withhold weight because triangles structurally hold a lot of weight. You guys know that? Brzezinski, you know. (laughs) All you good Purdue engineers know. I didn't know why. I've heard that before. I didn't know why until recently. And and the reason that they're so structurally sound is is because... when weight is applied to one of the points of a triangle, that weight is able to be dispersed down the two sides of that triangle. And then it also, I'm 
these guys are laughing at me back there because I'm probably butchering this explanation. But, but, and then this is my uh, monkey um, explanation of that weight is distributed down the sides of that, the, that triangle. So when you apply weight to that point, the weight is evenly distribu- distributed. And then it also has that bridge at the bottom. And so it becomes very structurally sound. In the Old Testament, the word glory is the Hebrew word kabod, which means weightiness, which means weight. You could translate in Haggai chapter 2, verse 9, that when they are rebuilding the temple, that what God actually was saying is that the weight that I'm going to put on this temple is way heavier than what was on the last one. And what, I believe that's what God has in store for us. I believe we have not even begun to see what God wants to do in this house, in Brookville, in Franklin County, and beyond. Come on, some, I believe you, we have not begun to see the weight of the glory of God and of the outpouring of his spirit that he wants to send and that he is desiring and that he is ready to spill out on a people that are ready. And what we got to do is put a big three in place. We got we to gotta put a triangle. We got to put those things in place so that we are prepared to handle the weight of what God wants to do. Amen, somebody? And I believe God wants to do something weighty. That's what, that's what, that's what I'm believing for for our church and for this house. This week, we're going to get the big three begin to be built. Amen? Stand in the middle of his place this morning. So there's no real dynamic, emotional altar call today. Except to say, do what God tells you to do. Participate however you can. Let's get that big three in place. Amen. I know what I sense and what I feel, what I believe in God to do in us and in this house. And guess what? It, it's going to spill over into your house as well. Amen. So let's believe God for something. I'm going to pray. You got those cards? Grab a pen. If you want to go in and fill some stuff out, drop it up here. You can. If you, if, you, if you need some time to think about it, hey, I, I didn't, uh, you can email, send us a message at the Facebook page, send it to redlifechurch at gmail.com, send it out. I'll print them out, we'll throw them on here. We're going to throw oil on these things, we're going to anoint them and believe God and lay hands on them and pray for everything. I don't care what it is, we're going to believe God for it, amen? And you can put as real stuff on there as you want. I don't care, God doesn't care. Put your name on it or don't. I, it's, it's, I mean, if it's real crazy, maybe whatever you have, whatever you're comfortable. Let's believe God for something. Amen. All right, guys. That's the word. (laughs) Let's make it a win, not an if. Father, we love you. We thank you for this time. Thank you for what you're preparing us to do. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, I thank you that you are a God of your word and that you are still able and willing and ready to do what your word said you will do. And sometimes, God, I believe, and in fact, I know, that what's standing between that and, and, and where I am right now is me deciding to make your word a win in my life and not an if in my life. Father, I pray right now, Holy Spirit, for every I believe in my heart right now, Lord, I ask you to speak to every person that is believing you, that has a need in their life, Lord, that is looking for something greater from you than they ever have before. 
For some of us have maybe never done a moment, an, an, an intentional time of spiritual prayer and fasting. And I believe, Holy Spirit, right now you're speaking to hearts right now, putting things in our heart right now, giving us ideas, showing us what we can do. Lord, I pray that you would give us an openness, a surrender to do that, to say yes to that. Give us the grace and the strength to do whatever we commit to do. In Jesus' name. And Father, I pray over these next few days, God, I ask you to speak to us. I pray that your word come alive in us. I pray even that there might be someone, Lord, who's never really heard your voice, who's never with confidence been able to say, I heard God speak to me. And Lord, you're going to speak to your sons and daughters today because you are a shepherd and your sheep know your voice, Lord. You want us to hear you talk to us. God, I pray that you give vision, give birth to visions give birth to your vision of of things to believe you for, God. Maybe things we've stopped believing you for, God, that you want to bring back to life. Whatever you want to do, do it, Lord. We just want to get closer to you. We just want to get closer to you. In Jesus' name. So God, we sanctify and we open up and we commit this week of prayer and fasting to you. We ask you to bless us, be with us, give us your grace to do that which we commit to you. God, do what you have in mind to do in this house and in every house. In Jesus' name I pray. Stretch your hand this way, receive this from the Lord right now. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord cause his face to shine upon you. The Lord establish you and the Lord give you his peace. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Amen.